0: Who is that? He's back. He is back. The Rob
3: Rob Kinney. Back from Alaska. He's been so uh, far away, I think his accent
0: changed a little bit while he was gone. Yeah, yeah. All
2: the way to Alaska.
0: Welcome back, Rob. Good to be back, boys. All right.
2: Yeah, it is good to be back. Uh, It's good to have you back. We don't know where Richie is. No.
0: MIA. Lots of people are MIA. must be deer season.
2: It is deer season, yeah. and we're trying to get business done. Yeah. It's hard.
0: It's hard. It is tough. But Tell yep. them so, business.
2: Welcome, everybody. West Point, Mississippi, the Gamekeeper Studio, our humble little podcast area.
0: Home of Hercules. It, it is home Hercules. Of Hercules. is going to get showed up today. And Hercules.
2: I, I tell you what. Yeah. The goodness gracious. And I find myself—you we, know, we've got some—we'll introduce them in a few minutes, but— uh, there's an eight-year-old little girl on the coast. I'm kind of jealous of the deer. Oh, here.
0: my goodness. I am, too. I mean, how can you not be? That's an unbelievable deer. Yeah. That's for so sure. We'll, we'll get From there. Mississippi. We, we, we've got that's a right. guest
2: sitting in here that's got some antlers over there. With a lot of bones sitting on the couch. You're
0: just you're not, you're not green already. Yeah.
2: It's hard not to be. I'm that's trying hard. to be the Christian thing. I'm trying to not be jealous. Not be jealous. Mm-hmm. It's that's tough right. when it
0: comes to turkey hunting and deer hunting. Uh, uh, yeah. no, we're proud of. for everybody. That's right.
2: Yeah, so well, uh, well, look, uh, guys, uh, blood on the biologic. There's a lot of stuff going on right now.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: our own Todd Emmerd, his daughter Veronica.
0: Yeah, killed, killed a great deer. Killed a monster with a crossbow. That's right. It's a big, big deer. Up in the Great White North.
2: Yeah, that's her first deer, and uh, she's forty yards. Todd, Todd was telling me the story. The deer walked out, uh, was uh, chasing some uh, does. Further on down the plot, a nice biologic plot, and the deer kind of walked off and he did a growl on his grunt call. I hear him. And he said that buck turned and came straight. Called to him, him in. And when he got to 40, he told her, put the 40 pin on him, and she just made a perfect Smacked shot. Smacked him. Yeah.
3: Heck yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you, can you. Show the audience what that growl yeah, sounds that like. Sound? Yeah, I don't
2: know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Something like that. I figured you would know exactly how to do that. It's got a ch-ch and a growl in it somewhere, that's for sure. It, yeah, right?
2: Dudley, have you got anybody?
3: Well, uh, Richard Wall, he's a big listener of the podcast. In fact, his Instagram handle is Richard Gamekeeper. Ah, um, there you he's have. always taken his family members out, and he took his nephew out. He didn't say his name, but he killed his first deer. And it was a good-looking eight-point. So nice.
2: Yeah, nice. congrats.
0: Congrats to Richard's nephew.
2: What about you, Laney?
0: Our old buddy, Bernie White, you know, he he's he's after those deer pretty hard. But he usually takes a trip out to Texas every year. And he sent me a picture of a great deer he killed out there. And he said, no blood on the biologic, but a little on the prickly pear. So okay. well. congratulations, Bernie. Yeah. yeah. How about that? Yeah.
2: Well, look, guys, today we've uh, we got th- – lately there's been some really – great bucks hitting the ground oh yeah and i wanted to get some stories and so we've got the uh we got a guest here in the studio eric larson and we'll we'll, we'll get to him in just a, a few minutes and uh but first there's a story that kind of broke last uh,
0: last, last week. week
2: about a giant deer that was killed in hancock county for our listeners that's way down on the coast
0: yeah yeah
2: and this deer it's a if I'm not mistaken, Lance, it's like a 155-inch 8-point.
0: It's a giant deer. There's no doubt
2: that's about it. That's a huge 8-point. Yes, that's as big as they get, I think. So, so zoom in with us, we've got the dad, and then we've got the young lady that, that she-
0: Brought it all down. She
2: brought it all down. Yeah. I'm so impressed. So we've got Jonathan, and I've got Stiglet, and then we've got Sailor. All right. Look at that smile. I would be smiling yeah, I'd be too smiling if I just too. killed I'm a big smiling.
0: Deer. I mean, just because of it.
2: Sailor, let me ask you first. What when you saw that deer, what went through your mind? I was so surprised that I actually shot it.
3: <laughs> no
0: doubt about it.
3: I would have been surprised too. Yeah. I don't I don't know if I've ever seen a an eight-point that big on the hoof in my lifetime. I hadn't. Mm. <laughs> That's excellent, and to be that close to the coast, you know, normally deer don't get that big. So, you've got bragging rights for,
2: gosh, your whole lifetime. Yeah, you're gonna, there. that's you're gonna, amazing. Yeah,
0: win the county big buck contest. There's no doubt about that.
2: Well, uh, Jonathan, let me ask you: Does anybody ever call you Joe Nathan?
4: <laughs> <laughs> it happens. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, Jonathan, tell us about the tell us about this deer, and, this, and and then and then we want to get it from Sailor's perspective as well.
4: A little backstory on this. We've been watching this deer for about three years Hmm. on our game cameras. Um, And, uh, you know, he's been nocturnal. A few times he did show up. You know, we wasn't there. Um, You know, and so we started obviously just putting a lot of effort and time and resources into the the property. A little guy, Alexander, um, that hunts the property with Sailor, too. I think he's like 12 um, he, he comes in they come in from Florida we'll bush hog we'll clean shooting houses we just we stay on top of the property the best we can Um, and I think that was a contributing factor to is you know having good protein having good good food sources around Um, we thought we was the only one doing that well after we shot this deer and all the other landowners started talking we realized we wasn't you know hmm. it's every property he was this deer was making his rounds a good a good 50 mile radius, maybe. Wow. Um, uh, how many miles? 50. I, I, I'm guessing about 50 miles. I, you know, um, just based off of hearsay and people sending me pictures that they had him on camera. He was crossing a good highway. Um, but, uh, they was all doing the same thing. You know, they, they, everybody stepped that game up when they, they seen his deer around and, and he, he, he got to be old. He got to be old and he had the right, he had the right resources. Wow. Um, uh a, a, another thing we just learned about a week ago um so they saying uh a older old timer from around here posted a picture about genetics and apparently there was a guy that brought some good genetics in you know 60 70 years ago hmm. and um he, you know they even trying to tie it into that you know so i i don't know that um i was gonna get with the state state was gonna do some studying on it and see what they can come up with
0: well ain't no doubt it's a superstar <laughs> Any which way you look at <laughs> yeah. it you know what i mean I and mean, you have those genetic anomalies, and you have deer that get old. But then you got every one of the every once in a while, one in, in the pack is is a sure enough superstar. Yeah, yeah,
3: you you get a deer like that down near the coast, everybody's going to be talking about yeah. it. So yeah, I'm not surprised. I can't at believe all. he made
4: it across the highway. Uh, <laughs> and you that, know, a lot of eyes was on them. A lot of eyes was on them, and uh, you know, it's just it's the way it played out. You
2: know. So do I understand the story right? Y'all were hunting, and uh, y'all were about to shoot a doe. And then you, it's what, what happened there? That sounded pretty exciting.
4: So, so we get, uh, we get in a stand. So, uh, that morning we meet Alexander and his uh, stepdad to go hunt. They hunted a plot to the West. We hunted the plot to the East and, um, we spread out, went, got in a stand, cracking daylight, doe comes out on us. And, um, we sit there and watch it, making sure there's no yearlings coming out. There was some does with yearlings. So we wanted to make sure, you know, it was a mature doe by itself, um, Watched it, I guess, a couple minutes. She practiced getting in the scope and out the scope and back in the scope. Got a earmuffs on when she was ready to ready to shoot it. So, got a ear muscle on, got her glasses situated, and um, she goes, uh, she tells me she's ready, so I'm videoing, and uh, she don't shoot. She's like, it ain't shooting, Daddy. It's not shooting. So, I look over there. It was on safety. So I reach over there. I find the safety and uh, take it off of safety, and I said, all right, ready when you are, and I look back down there, and he stepped out. <laughs> And I was, you could hear me start saying, yeah. stop, get your finger off the trigger. Get your Uh-oh. finger off the
0: trigger. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and,
4: and, you know, it, I knew it was the big buck. I'm not sure if she knew what it was at that point in time. Um, I was like, move to your right. Because said, move to your right. The deer came out on the right over. And um, so she, she's like, I don't see it. And then she, a couple seconds, what seemed like hours, a couple mm-hmm. seconds later, she says, I found it. I see it in a scope." And I'm like, she said, oh, he's got horns, Dad. He's got horns. So I'm like, nah, I'm trying to calm her down. Uh, yeah. And uh, so she gets on him. And uh, she gets on him. And I'm like, all hey, right, you good. You got a good shot. Wait, wait till he turns broadside. He was kind of quartered. Um, and I said, wait, till we, wait wait, till you get a good shot. Are you ready? She says, I'm on him. And you can hear, I'm not sure really what was going on in my mind. But she's telling me she's ready. And I'm telling her, take your time. She tells me she's ready. I say, take my time. I told her, take her time a hundred times. <laughs> yes. And she finally says, I'm ready, daddy. I'm ready. And then I say, all right, ready when you are. Boom. And she shoots. Wow. <laughs> um, so we, we immediately, you know, the deer didn't look hit to me. I was looking at my camera. I was looking at her. I was making sure the scope was away from my eye. I was, you know, I had a hundred things going on in the in shooting house. And I couldn't even tell you what direction he ran at that point in time. Um, so we, you know, I, I, we, we couldn't wait. There wasn't no waiting. I know we broke the number one rule. We, <laughs> wait. we, we bailed out the shooting house and we, we run down there and then we seen, we seen blood which he hit. Um, so right there. So then I explained, Hey, you know, let's back out it. We know we got, we know we got blood. Let's back out. And, uh, I got on the phone, you know, text messaging some people and then it just, it blew up from there. Um, mm. then I had, you know, I had at one point, I think I had like, 30, 30, something phone call, 30 something text messages and like 18 phone calls. <laughs> and I, I, half of the numbers I didn't even know. <laughs> um, and it, and it, it, it was the outpour of the the hunting community willing to help. Everybody's, Hey man, you look, I'm, 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 you know, I'm down the road. You just give me the, give me the, oh, go ahead. I'll meet you there. You know, we, we, we had enough people. We could have covered every square inch of that place. Mm. Um. So we sat back. Uh, I say no, just you know, let's wait because Alexander and I was still hunting. I said let's let's just sit back and let's let it sit. Um, so, finally we sit another I guess hour, um, and then and then the phone just started getting worse. The more we sat, the worse it got. And and so we was like you know, say let's go, let's go just let's start trailing it. If 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 we if it looks you know questionable, we'll get back. We'll back out. Well, um, we 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 blow trail. We start finding a trail. She starts, you know, explaining to her how to trail. First time we ever even talked about trailing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, she about got about 20 yards in and then, you know, I'm behind her looking to, and, and it just stopped on us. So I'm like, Oh, this ain't good. Um, so I back out of there and then I, I made the phone call, you know, to, Hey, let's, let's bring some dogs in and let's let, let the dog. I didn't want to mess the woods up. Mm-hmm. So, um, so they bring the dog and it was just, I guess, a bad, a bad day, right? Every dog has his day. Um, we, we looked, we chomped around the woods. We had six of us. We had a dog circling us. Um, and we didn't come up with it. And it was about, I guess, six hours into looking for it. Um, and you could just see, see that face where she's oh. like, daddy, she couldn't understand how she shot it. And she, we're not finding it. Yeah. Um. So then we, uh, so, you know, we end up backing out of there. And we go to the house, you know, we try to look at the video, you know, we just, we just couldn't figure out what, what went south, you know. Um, and, and she shoots good. We knew she'd she shoot good because, you know, over the summer she practices. She's softball. She can hit a softball at 100 yards all day long. Um, so we, we felt good with the shot. What well, we did learn, the deer was more quartered than broadside. So that's we got the shot a little bit further back than it should have, um, and I didn't realize that until we started playing the video back. Um, so about two days go by, Monday morning I go to work, and you know I got I got my bosses and everybody that's been watching this deer with me, <laughs> like question me, what are you doing here? You know, like you need to call this guy Ben, and uh, he's he's a, a guy well known for tracking do- uh, deer and um i didn't know ben um but you know they all telling me like what are you doing here let's let you all good let's go we'll we'll leave now we we'll all search.
1: Yeah.
4: and uh i said okay well let me call ben let me call ben so i ended up calling ben and uh it was two and a half days later at this point it was midday launch by the time we got in touch with him and got him coming sailor was at school um so ben and i went and looked i'll shoot Took him to the shot site, took him to the dogs, worked the trail. And about 30, 35 minutes later, Ben calls me and says, hey, come get this deer. Yeah. And we found it. And it was, I mean, at one point when we was grid searching, it was, I was 25 yards from this deer and didn't even know it.
2: Uh Wow. Um, Now, what was Ben's last name? Did did we say Ben's last name? Ben
4: Ward. Ben Ward. Okay. Um, what do you think happened
2: world. that where you y'all y'all didn't find it early what happened do you think this was it one of those nights when the scent wasn't
4: i am thinking a wind issue i'm thinking i i i don't know i really don't know um i mean the dog we had in there first has caught many a many a deer has trailed many many deer wasn't his first wasn't his first go round so i i'm I'm not sure we really can't explain i mean I, even after we found it i, I talked to the the um the guy and owner, you know, and say, hey, look, this is where we found it at. At one point, you know, he was trying to track on his his tracking machine to see, hey, did he even go near there? And uh, we, we, we really don't know. We can't explain what happened there because it's a well-known dog that, that was that was yeah. originally there. Wow. Well, I'm just chalking up every dog has his day, right? Yeah, that's mm-hmm.
0: right. That's true.
4: <laughs> well, say so- it. Um,
2: Sailor, what was going through your mind when you when he pulled, when he told you to wait, wait, and, and you saw that deer, did you realize how big he was at all?
0: I really didn't.
2: That's probably a good thing. Yeah, it is a good thing. <laughs> did your heart start
3: racing fast? Did you start breathing it fast.
4: fast? It was so fast that I'm like, Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: what caliber were you where you shoot? Two forty
0: three. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. I love a two forty three. Uh, Bobby's favorite, no doubt about it. Wow,
2: that's a, So the photos that I've seen, l- it look, looks, They
0: look like in great shape. Yeah, yeah,
4: it, it really did. No, so the coyotes didn't get, didn't find him. No, no, coyotes didn't get to it. We we, we got to it before it in. Um, it was uh, it, it was definitely a long. Like you know, once we got it out of there, we stopped at the store to to try to ice it down and just just try to save what we could save, and it was it was probably two hours after we left the ice machine because of the people stopping and I bet you know, so the people saying, Hey, look, I, you know, I was hunting this deer and they just started sending me pictures. Um, but it was literally, we, um, it was the amount of people hunting it and seeing it and, and, you know, uh, protein all year round summer, you know, it was amazing. It was amazing.
0: Pretty elusive. Apparently you
3: know yeah if i was down there and got that photo on my camera i'd, I'd probably have to quit my
0: job <laughs> yeah no doubt about it yeah for at least a, <laughs> for at least a few months there's no doubt about it
2: did you guys have any idea the age on the deer
4: uh five and a half six and a half so the state um um uh, little girl blake is going to help me with all that um it's at a taxidermist right now and they're gonna she's gonna get the jawbone and you know <clears throat> age it and yeah, be- Yep. yeah we think it's we're thinking six and a half but i, I'm,
0: I would I think so at least yeah.
4: yeah you know deer deer just don't get that big around here number one they don't make it uh that old um without somebody hunting them but uh another thing we've learned too you know that the uh you know the land we hunt is kids only you know um that's awesome roy's uh you know that that's his stipulation is kids only and um we you know we take our kids there and we see deer, you know. Every hunt, we they, they, we let stuff walk, and that was a good learning curve for all of them. Was saying, you know, this is why you let stuff walk. Um, you know, there's you know, a
2: there's a lot of dads that would have taken that rifle from her. <laughs> let, let me look at that one. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of dads that would have. You
4: now, you know, we got questioned, uh, so I got it all on video. Um, which that was part of me doing the shooting houses because I like that. That's my thing now. The gun's not me no more. It's the video. Um, You know, we had a GoPro going on in the shooting house. Um, We had, uh, uh, and then I got a good camera that can zoom in, you know, out that far and see. So that's, that's the next, that's our next phase of trying to get that footage together to actually see how it all went down in the shooting house and all that. Wow. But it it was it was yeah they wouldn't have taken taking a gun or not so no that was not gonna happen no you, you you can
2: tell you're the kind of father that wouldn't do that, oh, that.
0: now Bobby, there's yeah. always a chance,
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what you're eight years old uh sailor, you are you you're on the path uh to be an incredible little hunter, and we're just very proud of you, and you look like you're a tremendous young lady. You got a big smile, and we're, we're just all very proud of you. Yeah, no doubt Congrats. about it.
0: There it is. Yeah, we
2: hit the <laughs> horns for you. Wow, and, and Dad, I tell you what, Jonathan, hats off to you.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, good
2: deal. Well, anybody else got any? You got anything else we need to interrogate Sailor about?
0: This is what it's all about right there. Yeah, yeah it, it really is. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly
4: and her
2: smile right. says it all. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you
4: can see his... How oh, he's proud. proud he I was. mean, come on, who <laughs> yeah. wouldn't be? That's awesome. So tell him, Sailor, after we shot, what happened? Too-
2: he just kept hitting me and hitting me. <laughs> he
4: would not stop. <laughs> Ow, you? so, Daddy, you're me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can understand. I want to know what she felt like going to school for two days with that deer. Yeah, did people
3: did people ask you a lot of questions about that?
4: everybody knew about it technically like everybody was like how did you feel how was it what what was it like how was it how was it big
0: was it bigger than you
4: (laughs) (laughs) all above even a teacher's house she said she thought she was in trouble she got called to the teacher
0: and the teacher said, what about that deer? <laughs> I don't
4: know. You gotta love
0: Mississippi. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, you do. I,
2: that's, that's awesome. Well, thank y'all so much. We, we are so proud of y'all. And, yeah. Uh, and, and, Sailor, we just can't say enough. You just got to keep. I'm expecting next year. Now we want to see another another big yeah. buck on the ground. So this
0: mount is your dad going to let you put it in your room, or is he going to put it in the living room? How y'all had discussions about this?
2: Um, I think I'm going to put it in my room.
0: There we go.
4: <laughs> <laughs> we might have to d- discuss this. <laughs> <laughs> Later. Yeah. All well,
3: right. I'm I'm looking forward. You said you're putting a video together. Looking forward so yeah, to seeing it. that.
4: Yep, yep. I'll, uh, once, uh, well, I'm will going to tie the GoPro footage into the video, and then I'll, um, I'm will i waiting until we score. It. Once we get the official score, then I'll post something with that. Okay, uh, great. I'll, definitely, I'll send it y'all's way.
2: Looking forward yeah, to that it. that sounds great. Well, thank y'all so much. We yeah, appreciate y'all spending here. some time with us. Yeah, no doubt. Hope you guys right? have
0: y'all. a happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, going to be tough you to top too. that one, though.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank, 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 you, thank you, guys. You. Okay, so let's turn our attention now to the couch, and we've got Eric Larson and Lanny. I mean, look at that thing! A couple of weeks ago, he's (laughs) he's bow hunting a deer. He's got a lot of history with, and this thing is unbelievable. I think it's 190 inches. Welcome and thanks for bringing your
0: deer. Yeah, (laughs) yeah,
2: awesome. You're welcome. What in the? It
0: requires its own seat. That's it's, pretty cool. It does. It takes up half the couch over there. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay,
2: so Eric, you've got to tell us this this story, and uh, I, I'm just fascinated to learn a little bit more.
1: Well, there's a lot of back history to this deer. I guess there's not nearly as much drama as we heard with uh, <laughs> with the with the young lady that was very successful in South Mississippi. I guess, as but the harvest was was easy in this case. First hunt of the year. The deer came in an hour and a half before sundown. Everything happened just perfect, basically.
2: Yeah. You've been hunting this deer, though. You had
1: pictures of him and, uh, and a three-year history with him. Is that right? Yeah. I actually, uh, I've been hunting him since 2020 for sure. Um, I look back at my game camera pictures back just this week, basically, or, or last week, rather. And I think I found pictures of him back in 2019 as well. So that gives some more history as far as as credibility as far as how old he likely is at this point so that's incredible so you when you look at those pictures were you saying i got a hundred
2: and a legit 109 inch deer that i'm
1: hunting yeah i mean i'm not good with the numbers and i haven't shot a lot of big deer like this so you know i i knew it was a good deer i knew you know i knew what i was hunting yes uh, but i didn't know i'm i don't get tied up on the inches and all that sort of thing he had, he had increased a little bit in size, obviously, since I shot him in, in 2020. Well, let's start there. Tell us that story. Yeah. Well, at that point, he was, he was a good deer. He was, he was definitely a good deer, and on my hit list anyway, I probably underestimated what his age was at that time. Cause Which I, can be
3: so easy to do in the, in the Midwest. Lanny's pointing at my dear. But, uh, you, I mean, you hear, it's tough sometimes when you see no, a 150, 160 inch three-year-old step out in front of you. That's real tough yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> for me. And he was definitely that as far as, you know, the headgear on him anyway. That's always what we look at first, but, you know, you know, I'm 57 years old and I'm still learning, you know, about hunting these mm-hmm. animals and, and gauging their size and, and age and all that sort of thing. And Obviously there's a lot of folks that are probably a lot better than me in that respect and have killed a lot more big deer I guess but uh you never stop learning in that regard for sure. Sure.
2: What what happened on the uh the initial hunt
1: um, 3 years ago? He came in um didn't offer a good shot immediately and he actually he was moving very quickly and he basically came came in around where I was at didn't offer a good shot and was fixing to walk off and leave basically. And I stopped and bleeded at him and uh, didn't have a time to get a range. I knew about what he was anyway and drew back shot and either he jumped at the string or I just shot high basically. And I got him up there in that no man's land anyway, where, um, you know, no vitals and didn't hit the spine or anything mm-hmm. like that. And, uh, you know, went and retrieved the arrow afterwards You know, it did not look great. You know, it had blood on it, obviously, but it wasn't, it wasn't, didn't look right. Um, The deer, we went back and got help, came back a couple hours later and followed the blood and, you know, followed it for about 250 yards or so. And it ran out and we were on a decent trail and, you know, should have been able to find blood in a grassy, grassy areas where it should have been able to find it. And, uh, you know, the blood ran out and, you know, that, that's where we stopped. Basically, I I basically, I saw that where the arrow hit him and you know how that is, I guess you second guess yourself Mm -hmm. and all that sort of thing. But I was pretty sure I saw where the arrow hit him and, uh, saw what blood was on the arrow we saw the blood trail and, you know, I just had a really good feeling that you know, despite getting a bad shot on the deer that I did not, it wasn't a lethal hit and that deer was likely going to live and so forth. And I was able to stay and hunt for several days, um, you know, out of state hunt and, uh, actually picked him up on game camera, I think four days after, after that. So I knew Uh he was still alive and, you know, that makes always makes you feel a lot better anyway, for sure. So,
3: You know it, it's amazing how deer can can handle that.
1: Oh, how tough they are!
0: No going. doubt about it.
3: Um, I recently read an article. I can't remember who it was, but they were trying to say that the no man's land theory isn't isn't true. But hmm. I mean, you, I can't tell you how many times I've seen footage or I've experienced you know, heard it. of that before. Yeah, no, no um, and and, and, and then they cool. end up making it, and then. Uh, we saw a photo of, of, after, you know, when you were dressing the deer where you, you found the wound from, from three years ago.
0: Yeah. And there's a deer mounted in our office here that, uh, Toxie killed, uh, that he shot in no man's land, I think three, is that right? Three or more years, uh, before, you know, Harveston still had the air shaft. Uh, Going right there through it, so they're amazing animals. That's for sure.
2: I always heard that some of the old timers I grew up around said they have a heck of a constitution. <laughs> yeah, they do. That's, that's how they would describe it. So then, so let's. So that was three years ago. So the the next, the following year, did you
1: have any encounters with him? He moved basically properties, and I didn't realize that he'd stayed on that property um, in 2020, I guess, and continued to get pictures of him even after the shot and everything um yeah, shooting one will do that too they'll make them <laughs> like, i
2: think i'm gonna move yeah
1: but uh i think there was a change in the agricultural landscape in 2021 which which maybe dictated that move somewhat um i picked him up on game camera actually the day that i traveled um to to go hunt that year um and then well, that's a good feeling i was well it, it was on a different property mind oh, you oh. um um it was, it was a piece of property where obviously had permission, but I wasn't set up to hunt there in any regard. And, and it wasn't like, you know, there was a spot where I could go hang a stand in that afternoon and start hunting, you know, the property. So, um, I basically didn't hunt him at all in 2021. I was hunting three quarters of a mile away on my normal property and hoping he was going to return back over there. Um, you know, obviously I looked around and scouted that new area fairly thoroughly and, just didn't have any opportunities. I felt like that year to, to make a move on him or didn't know where he was at, you know, how regular he was. I didn't pick up any more pictures of him during the course of the week or so that I was there hunting. So, um, fortunately went back, um, you know, and, and at Christmas time, I was able to put up some cameras, um, and, and get some more intel on him, I guess, and then follow up and, during the summertime going out there and and making preparations, uh, to hunt him then in earnest, then in 2022, which I did last year. So had a closer encounter with him in 2022. And basically I screwed that deal up. (laughs) Um, I was, uh, it was a very clear, crisp morning, very little wind, which is rare for Kansas had some does come through earlier and they were extremely skittish. Um, one of the does had left, and the other one was lingering out there a ways, and I went to grab my rangefinder and check and kind of see how far she was out there in case I had another encounter later in the day out there and grabbed my rangefinder and started to turn back to where that doe was, and here he came on a, you know, quick speed basically towards me, you know, closing in 35 yards out. So I had to hang that rangefinder back up, my bow was right there as well, so I I grabbed the bow and picked him up, and he was coming through a gap right there, so I let him come through that gap, and when he came through that gap, then I'd, I moved to get in position when he came behind my obstacle right there. Or had a good screen right there, basically, that I was mm-hmm. working with, and uh, he stopped behind the screen, and I had my release aid on and was ready to draw and uh all of a sudden he turned and whirled and was gone Hmm. and i think what happened was that doe that was off to the side over there at a different angle she'd pick me up you know in that moment that i grabbed my bow and put my release aid on that uh that's all it took anyway the gig was over so Mm. Mm. so then you get to this year what tell tell us what ended up happening? Well, um, I'd had game cameras on him and this new property for, you know, year and a half anyway, basically. And I'd I'd kind of got some good intel, I guess you might say, on on what he was likely doing. Um two different things i I realized. Number one, um, Most importantly, I guess, for an out-of-state hunter, I realized that um, there was a time period about a week prior to when I was going to hunt where I was picking up daylight pictures of him two out of the last three years during a three- or four-day time period, which was a week prior to when I was going to hunt. So I changed my time frame, basically said this year absolutely i'm going to make sure that i'm there a week early so that you know if he does the same thing again which he's been doing basically in 2020 2021 like i mentioned you know where i really didn't have the intel on him because he moved properties and and didn't have as many game camera pictures and stuff but in 2020 in 2022 it was like clockwork that time period for you know over about a five-day period I was getting daylight pictures of him um, and they happened to be in the evening and I got enough pictures of him over the over the course of the last year and a half or so that I'm pretty sure I knew where he was bedding and that he was, you know, leaving his bed in the evening and headed out and, you know, basically covering some ground, you might say, during the night, in a, you know, a, you know, basically grassy areas where he was, he was covering ground and, you know, who knows where he might be out there, you know, in some big CRP fields and pastures and things like that. So, I, just, I
2: just can't imagine seeing that deer walking toward me. lane do you think you could keep it together? Probably not.
0: Yeah, No. I'd have shot the doe before she got there. Before he got there. <laughs> that
2: may be the biggest deer I've laid hands on. Yeah,
0: and that's a beautiful buck for sure. So how, how, how much do you
1: think he added in those couple of three years? uh we we can look at the pictures i'd you know obviously had a lot of interest in in feedback from um you know my counterparts at mississippi state and mm-hmm. experts with deer and and folks like y'all and friends and everybody else that that lives for this like like right. i do i guess um but uh i would say that he's Probably picked up, you know, another thirty inches or so since twenty twenty. Wow, wow, that's blowing up. That's right. And, mm-hmm. and
2: uh, I, I, you know, I don't know that I could have shared those pictures with anybody. I think I'd have been. like.
0: I know you wouldn't have. What do you think? <laughs> and think. It,
2: it, it would have worried me to death. I'd have lost weight. I'd have just. I'd have, it would have. I would have gone crazy, knowing yeah, I had crazy. that. You'd have moved to Kansas. And so, and so, I'm guessing <laughs> that you're getting the cell phone cameras are the greatest thing. It had to be what you were using. Yeah, and to, absolutely. But I can't imagine being here and uh, uh, that going on. and just. But yeah. what a great decision to go a week early.
1: Well, there was actually three days earlier this month, earlier in October, early in October, which is, you know, October is normally a fairly dead month for the most part. There may be a few good days in the early part of the month. And actually picked up daylight picture of him on a Friday night, saturday night and sunday night and you can imagine i told some of my good friends you know what was going on and uh you know what their reaction was you know you need to be in the truck tomorrow morning Mm right and uh i talked i actually called one of my good friends that you know i'm very close friends with and we started hunting together when we're 14 years old and he still lives in my hometown and hunts and and kills a bunch of big deer and i asked him you know He goes, well, we're getting lots of good deer right now. And he says, I'm actually on my way to Illinois (laughs) to visit uh, some family. I'm not even hunting and, you know, so forth. So, uh, but he put me at ease a little bit, you know, that you need to wait and come on. And actually it worked out where, you know, those daylight pictures went away and nothing happened then for, you know, it went back to normal then for, for two or three weeks. And, you know, leading up to the time period when the magic time, the day came, and yeah. I told you know a couple of close friends that you know I'm going to be in the in the stand or be be there by this date this year. And uh, the very first time out, went and got in the stand, and I don't know how it is for everybody else. I imagine it is. You know, you always forget a few things uh-huh. the, the Every first time. <Yeah> learning curve hadn't shot a doe or anything like that prior or you know obviously practice a lot you know through the season as far as shooting targets and stuff like that but going to the stand the first time we'd put in a new permanent stand over the course of the summertime you know on this specific spot you know for this specific deer basically crawled in the stand i never hunted out of a permanent stand before with a bow Um, hunted out of ground blinds which are somewhat similar but you know this is a little bit different you know different types of window systems Mm -hmm. and so forth and had three does come in and um you know hunting with a bow out of a ground blind or out of a shooting house is is a little more difficult in some respects than hunting out of a tree because you know you can't see your pins on your bow it's dark in there um you know, so I, I turned on my sight light to make sure I could see my sights and pulled back on the does and let down and, you know, hadn't even got real comfortable in the stand yet, hardly. Um, and uh, looked up and there he was. You know, he's coming. <laughs>
0: Here he comes.
1: Coming in quick. <laughs> and a big deer like that, you know, like I'd seen him three times over the course of, of, of his life, basically. And, you know, he was moving quick just like he always normally does and came in and basically checked the wind below those does. And, uh, gave me a few nervous moments anyway, and then came right in and, and actually the first shot opportunity that I had was a hard quartering towards shot, which Hmm. I was sitting, getting my oil changed just prior to leaving for Kansas basically. And I read an article about hunting deer, bow hunting, and it was talking about shot placement and shot taking shots at different angles. And and I couldn't help but think about that when that big deer was standing there quartering towards me. I said, I I just can't take that shot. And sure enough, you know, obviously waited there a few seconds and then turned around and offered me a, a quarter and away shot. And uh, his leg was back farther than normal on my side. And uh, so that offered a little bit of you know, little piece to the puzzle, you might say. I mm-hmm. guess so. Anyway, I pulled back and and aimed right through the the backside of that leg, basically, and shot. And uh, the arrow was flew true and and uh, went right through the deer, right through his chest, through his vitals. And I didn't realize, you know, I didn't really think about it, but I hit hit the shoulder, hit the leg on the other side mm. and literally broke that leg. And when he took off running, he nose dived into the ground within the first 10 or 15 feet and then got up and, you know, did his best, you know, running away and then turned angles and, and ended up going down about 50 yards out, basically. And he went down, his head was up and I was grabbing another arrow, getting ready to, you know, put another one or, or, attempt another shot if necessary and his head got light and went over and i knew that that got woozy on you yeah yeah i knew <laughs> piece it of was cake. over then and yeah, everything was cake. good ah, so nothing to it that's when you
0: probably started really shaking yeah yeah that's yeah. when i lose my breath oh my yeah. goodness
2: <laughs> so the uh, walking up on that animal that had to be an emotional experience
1: absolutely who's the first person you called I called my my buddy from Kansas anyway. Uh, his name is Danny that I started hunting with. Yeah. when I was fourteen years old, yeah. so
0: I got him.
1: <laughs> that's basically what I said. <laughs> yeah. I that's knew awesome. I knew he was at he was at a football college football game that yeah. afternoon, and uh, or they, they'd played their game earlier in the day. I'd, I'd actually watched some of the game and stuff like that, and I called him up and I said. Uh, you know why I'm calling you, don't you?
0: <laughs> and uh, usually,
1: I I could say that because I saw the deer went down. Yeah. Um. In the past, I, I usually call him whenever I shoot a deer, and uh, usually, you know, it's for help to blood trail right. it or you know, and do the normal thing when you're when you're bow hunting anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, not only did I make a good shot, um, I, I you know. Saw him pass away. So yeah. anyway, that was that was a different type of experience for sure. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. That's a good shot.
2: Was that shot from? Was it really loud? Could you hear it hitting that bone? And was it like like a baseball bat hitting him?
1: I I don't recall any of that whatsoever. You know, everybody's different. I guess um, I was in a permanent blind shooting for the first time. But I don't recall anything about, you know, any extra sound as far as hitting that bone. I do remember, you know, I'm thinking arrow, basically, and I'm always trying to follow the fly of the arrow and stuff like that. I saw the arrow flying true. I saw, you know, where it entered the deer. I saw him. What was strange was that, you know, I've always had pass-throughs, generally i'm shooting fixed blade broadheads and normally have pass-throughs and the arrow didn't pass through so that was strange and when he when he turned to run off you know i saw the arrow sticking out of him which you know i saw at least it was sticking out of a good spot on the side but mm-hmm. that you know i was trying to think why why did that arrow not pass through
2: i had the same experience not to make this about not to change I, but i had the same exact experience with this i killed a deer a couple weeks oh, ago Oh, pork chop yeah and and the thing that I mean, almost the same exact experience. But this deer that I shot, he, you know, the airs, I can see it sticking out of him a little bit. And I'm surprised it didn't pass through. And he turns and just runs straight into a big pine tree. <laughs> he ran about 10 yards and just plowed into this pine tree and then fell back and got up and ran off again. And I, that's what made me think he's dead because I was nervous about that air sticking out of him, wondering how much penetration yeah. but the fact that he ran into to that tree you got in bullet room th- that mm-hmm. made me think well, he is just out of his mind
0: mm-hmm.
2: and, and dead on his feet so to speak but it's I was the reason i was asking because mine was just really loud it yeah. sounded like i smacked him with a i mean it was you could just hear that bone yeah.
1: <laughs> no doubt <laughs> yeah, i've heard it, it before yeah so i, heard it before.
2: I, I mean I'm, I'm just i'm just fascinated by yeah by all that but and it
1: probably was but i i'd, I'd I truly can't recall that any any sound or anything. I was so visually yeah. focused on what it was, was happening. Have yeah, you no, got
2: a no. have you got a tip somebody listen to this? That, how did you keep your composure? I mean, not many people have a 190-inch animal walk up on them within bow, yeah, range. With a bow range. Tell yourself don't look at his antlers or do, What were you, what was going through your mind?
1: I guess the experience that I had in 2022 made it a lot easier. The experience with with myself screwing the deer up. <laughs> Scaring the deer off in 2022 really put me at ease. Now, I've always had the innate ability, I guess, since I was, you know, started hunting when I was 14 years old um, to be fairly cool on the front end. You know, after the shots, you know, a little different story. And like I was saying before the program, you know, you know, the shot doesn't isn't executed 100 percent every time. But I have had pretty good ability to to stay calm and, and generally execute good shots when given the opportunity so breathe yeah (laughs) Yeah. and i've got friends you know also you know that get real excited they're just a lot more emotional than what i am and not that i'm not emotional about this or, or during the hunt and everything but uh you know on the front side as far as you know making preparations and getting ready that that's something that doesn't doesn't make me too nervous
0: yeah, and you know going through that work and that preparation gets you gets you ready for it. Really does. Mm. Well,
2: I so, like your – I like draw. I do that, I draw
0: on it, you know, when you get up there you got to draw back yeah. a little bit, and make oh, sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. It sounded
2: like he had laid out a plan to kill
0: this. Oh, he plant. had a plan and no yeah. doubt. You can tell he's pretty methodical over there. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he he's, he's not all over the place like me. No. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no. It, look, I, it, you you uh, you set out to kill that deer and uh, and you did it.
0: Yeah, a couple times. <laughs> yeah, yeah you got a couple of experiences
2: yeah. with that. That's that's just incredible. I, you know, folks will be able to see the the picture of you on the thumbnail of uh, this description. It is an unbelievable. It is a beautiful deer. It There's is. no doubt about it. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, and and we're not really all that into these guys. Really aren't into inches. I
0: love. It's and a I great love, way to describe. We give you a hard time is. about it. There's nobody in here that doesn't love giant deer. I mean oh, yeah. It's just part of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, we're well, not it, totally preoccupied
1: with it like you are. However.
0: <laughs> and, am I right in saying he's 190, or we, do we need to
2: give him a little more credit?
1: Well, my my buddy in Kansas measured him at a little over 202 inches. I'd call it 200 then, 100%. Oh,
2: Where did I get 190?
0: I don't know. What are you belittling I, this deer for? I'm not.
1: I'm sorry. Look, I apologize. Most people look. <laughs> there you go. Most people look at him, you know, and say he's 180, 190, or something like that, I guess. But, yeah, we put the tape measure on him, and... Um, well, his ones and twos are
0: it's incredible, massive,
1: and threes. Yeah, and threes are long too. How long are his main beams? They are uh, one of them is a shade less than twenty nine inches, and I think the other one is is twenty seven and change, pushing pushing twenty eight. That'll do it. <laughs> wow,
2: I don't know what else to ask you, about. About this deer, but congratulations! Mm-hmm. Yeah, no and, doubt and, and
1: about that, it. That, Thank that, you, that, all. That,
0: Bobby's right. going to ask you if you'll take him hunting next. That's what, he was, <laughs> yeah. that's what he was getting at. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, well, yeah, I was going to do that off of the air. <laughs> <laughs> but so look in your day job. Yeah, when you're not killing, slaying dragons out of state,
0: two hundreds.
2: Yeah, yeah. you're uh, you're a, a, a you're a doctor at Mississippi State, and you're you kind of specialize in corn and cereal grains and small grains, and you've been there a long time. Mm-hmm. A lot of knowledge here. I want to ask you about this drought that we're in right now, and and most of the South is experiencing drought. I think it's going to change tonight. Uh, but don't
0: say out, it yet. Uh, but oh, we hope changes it changes tonight. Golly, <laughs> dang it, Bobby. <laughs> uh, Market uh, time, uh, go. <laughs> we got to take that comment out of there. We'll need to get that out. How did what? What is your thoughts on what has
2: gone on the last ten weeks, and and what guys can expect, and the native browse and their food plots, et cetera?
1: Yeah. Obviously it's been, uh, abnormal, um, you know, working with, with small grains, um, working with cover crops, uh, professionally, um, you know, it's, it's delayed germination and is delayed development of those crops substantially, unless you were lucky enough to get a shower or or planted, planted your, your cover crops or whatever, your food plots or whatever early. Um, but, uh, we've got a lot of small grains a lot of nervous food plot folks out there that, that have a lot of a lot of dirt sown basically mm-hmm. that is still brown right now so um had a podcast with Dr. Strickland about that a week or two ago and you know that's a big concern
0: yeah how long can we expect you know cuz we we planted what four weeks ago probably now uh when it was dry uh, and still hadn't had any germination, we hadn't had any significant rain enough to germinate. And then we, since then went back and overseeded again, uh, with some perennial clovers and some cereal rye and stuff. Yeah. So is now I'm starting to worry, is my seed going to go bad? I mean, it's not worked into the soil, maybe a quarter inch, but it's been culti packed and everything else. I mean, will that seed sit there in a dry state and, and possibly germinate
1: yes absolutely (laughs) i feel fairly confident in that you know and the key is just being dry you know these little tenth two tenth three tenths rains that Mm -hmm. we've had a few few of recently um may cause a little bit of issue with that but as long as as long as you don't have predation you know birds and animals and Mm -hmm. and so forth you know scavenging up a, a lot of that seed that you've got basically laying out there at a shallow level where they can access it um being dry out there is is not going to hinder its ability to germinate. And as soon as it does rain, then things are going to take going off, to take and it off. it's probably going to be fine. So that that's a saving grace, or certainly that something that I feel fairly confident about. You know, from a professional standpoint, that things are going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Good. Well, I'm glad you it said. Makes me that. feel better
2: mm-hmm. about the tents because we've had. I may end up having so much seed in my plot it, But we had a couple of these tenths. I would get a tenth, and then two weeks later get another tenth. And I tried to plant in front of these, but I'm worried that they like germinated a little bit and then just sat there and burned up. I'm worried about that. Yeah. Because I can see in the shade where I don't get afternoon sun. I got some germination. I got a little little green 5 o'clock shadow there. I mean, a little. But, I mean, we're just in one of these scenarios that there's – you just need rain. You, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, just, you know, we need some
1: rain. Just I think just, everything's going to be okay, and certainly it's moisture, you know, where you're getting that shade. It's, it's just keeping that moisture on the soil surface and, and where that seed will absorb more moisture and go ahead and start doing its thing if if it has that shade or the cool temperatures there. So um, that's certainly working in our favor, and hopefully we do get, you know, a good soaking rain shortly to, to get, get our food plots and— and everything else up and off to a good start. But uh, I guess the other thing to remember is that uh, um, a lot of small grains are grown in areas that are a lot drier than Mississippi. So don't be concerned about it coming up once it does germinate and actually dying if we do have sufficient moisture to germinate it. It's probably going to live and be fine. A lot of folks overthink that and Mm -hmm. think that they're going to have death occur Uh, because of drought after it germinates, and that rarely happens. The plants generally take care of themselves. I've got some volunteer stuff in my plots that came up from from last year's seed, and um, right here in the eastern part of the state, we got three-inch rain um, Labor Day weekend, Mm -hmm. or the Friday before Labor Day. And I went out there to basically use a herbicide and and burn down my plots the Monday after that. I looked down at the ground and I saw all those little cotyledons starting to poke out and uh, said, I don't think I better go spray that ground <laughs> yeah. up on those plots. So I waited and sure enough, you know, it was a bunch of, of uh, annual clover that had came up from the previous year and was, was nice. starting to germinate. Now it's still sitting there, doesn't have any growth on it basically, um, but it is still there and as soon as it gets some moisture, it's going to take off and and be good i guess but uh you know right now we're just in a late situation um the wheat will come up you think about you know winter conditions in mississippi and and i grew up in the midwest i guess so um they the small grains basically go dormant during the winter up there because it gets cold but it really doesn't get cold enough during the winters in mississippi that it truly goes dormant so the late planting situation is not that detrimental, other than the fact that the wheat the small grains and so forth will have less growth on them likely over the course of the winter than that what they normally would. If you know a lot of food plots, typically you know it may be a foot deep right now, mm-hmm. and uh, it it may not ever get that way this year during the winter time. But they will come up and they will put on some growth during the during the winter time if we get normal conditions. Mm -hmm. Now I keep thinking back about what happened last year at Christmas time too where we had that hard freeze event that knocked everything back to square one or or flat killed a lot of our food plots too. So we might not be in as bad a situation as what we encountered last year with the with the winter kill and issues that we had relative to that hard freeze. Yep.
3: Interesting. I, Let's just hope it's, I, I kind of hope it stays warmer than normal
2: just because yeah, we're so behind yeah. on our food plots. Yeah. So, what would you say? And, and is this fair to ask? What would you say is a, 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 a enough rainfall to get a, a food plot started? Would it be a half an inch would be needed? Or would you have to say it depends on the soil conditions? Or uh, there are probably a lot of variables. I'm just trying to learn here.
1: I would say a half inch, as a general rule. Now, I would I would prefer to get a lot more than that. Right now, I've I got some put in some ground blinds over the weekend, basically, and always staked them down with pent, tent pegs, and literally had to drive them in with a hammer this year <laughs> the whole way. Yeah, <laughs> um, it is dry, so. Uh, you know, it's gonna take numerous rains to, to get the ground back to where it normally is this time of the year. Yeah. But a half inch of, of soil moisture of, of rainfall will will provide enough moisture to germinate a lot of the most of the the most of the food plots and get them off to a little bit of a start. Now you would you would like to um, have moderate temperatures, you know, not 80 plus degree temperatures and sunny, bright sunny conditions right behind that so that the moisture stays in the soil and Mm -hmm. and allows those seeds to absorb it and make full utilization out of it rather than getting evaporation from that moisture immediately. Um, but, uh, it should be the, a good time of the year for that to occur anyway. I mean, we're already Thanksgiving time and things are starting to cool down, especially at nighttime. So, um, hopefully, uh, you know, we get warm enough conditions and really, really temperatures above um, 50 degrees particularly will stimulate a good bit of growth from from all the stuff that we grow in in winter food plots. Sweet. So yeah. So it, you're uh, saying there's a chance.
0: Yeah.
2: I tell you what, he's got a lot to be thankful for talking about Thanksgiving. Look at that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Boy.
0: That's impressive. That's it, re- sure. it
2: really is. Well, I think he's uh, made us feel a little bit better about our plots.
0: Oh, yeah, 100%. Hundred percent. So, just uh, maybe it'll rain.
2: Yeah, Eric, I, I've enjoyed listening to you. Obviously, yeah. you're a smart guy. We've talked about corn and stuff through the years from yeah. time to time, and and uh, wait, you need to get over here a little more often. I'd love to do it. The, uh, the he's one of the the the, the masterminds in, in agriculture at Mississippi State. We have uh, we've had uh, numerous guys over here. Uh, that have yeah real that fortunate in the, it sure is
3: nice having the university so close right, we're right
2: there no doubt about it go dogs yeah
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> did you text bronson about this deer i bet he was uh
1: yeah filling <laughs> up your uh, inbox with yeah. suggestions uh, all my friends you know were super excited and stuff like that so i Somehow, we haven't got our paths crossed where where Bronson's literally laid his hands oh my on goodness. this yet, though. So I wonder if Bronson's
0: enough. ever laid his hands on a deer that big. Well, you know, the way this came up was because Bronson was here, and Mark Drew, we had, had Mark Drew on earlier, and we were just talking about how hard it is to get a 200-inch whitetail. You know, even if they've got everything, there's so many things. What Mark say? It's... It's uh, never
2: seen an animal that was so hard to kill that could die so easy. Yeah,
0: they could die so easily of just you know things that happened to them. Uh, EHD. And, yeah, this is how it came up. And Bronson said, "I know a guy." <laughs> yeah, he was your cheerleader. Yeah, he right? was. Mm-hmm. And it was actually kind of off the record. He never even said anything on the podcast. Yeah, that's he was like, right. We got the guy for you. No doubt yeah. about it. Because we were just talking about how rare it is, and it is rare, and that's a heck of an animal. No doubt about it. Mm.
2: Dudley, you want to ask him some uh, rapid fire questions?
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's our time. Yeah, let's I've been thinking get about back big, big deer Springfield. Ra- yeah. Rapid
2: fire, brought to you by our friends at Springfield. Yeah, All right, so
3: Dr. Eric Larson, we have a Thanksgiving special. There we go, um, and uh, it's kind of regionally based. I, I like to, I'm kind of picking on people that aren't from the South, but uh, anyway, you'll you'll get the drift here. Um. Are you ready? I hope so. All right. <laughs> Southern cornbread or cathead biscuits?
1: Southern cornbread.
3: Turkey or ham?
1: Turkey. Mm.
3: Turkey. Oven, smoked or fried? Smoked or fried. Mm. Dressing. Do you call it dressing or stuffing? Dressing. Good answer. White meat or dark meat? white meat giblet gravy or regular gravy regular gravy homemade cranberry sauce or cranberry from the can
1: cranberry sauce
3: sweet <laughs> potato pie or pumpkin pie
1: sweet potato pie
3: deviled eggs or green bean bundles
1: mm, green bean bundles
3: mac and cheese or mashed potatoes and gravy
1: Oh, with Thanksgiving, i got to go with mashed potatoes and gravy. Uh,
3: green bean casserole or spinach casserole?
1: Green bean casserole.
3: Pear and cottage cheese salad or tomato aspic? <laughs> I don't know what either one of those two are. <laughs> that's a tough one, yeah. <laughs> that's that's some, you know, great ant
0: yeah, kind of yeah. stuff I, from I back the, in the I know, the day. pear and cottage cheese for sure. Yeah,
3: we always had the tomato aspic. All right, and last but not least turduck hen or new poscoon
0: <laughs> the first one turduckin <laughs> for sure <laughs> you remember the
3: turduck hen from the old cabela's catalogs it's a turkey stuff with a, a duck stuff with a quail okay well my my uncle came up with a, a funny he calls it new poscoon it's a Nutria inside of a possum inside of a raccoon. Oh, man, that'd
0: be tasty. We should have that this year. You yeah. Know I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Look, I know Bobby's excited.
2: Yeah. I don't know where he comes up with this stuff, Eric, but we uh, leave him good. alone for a few minutes, and that's what we get. It's good stuff. New posscum. Yeah. yeah.
3: That's, a, that's trademarked, by the way, so nobody... my uncle walker trademarked it
2: wow well is there uh is there anything about that deer that we didn't ask you that we need to know
3: man i don't know
1: did you weigh him yes
3: how much did he He weigh
1: 290 pounds on the hoof and 230 field dressed that's a giant animal
0: different critter up there and
1: i knew he was big i guess seeing the game camera pictures and seeing other mature bucks um you know on the camera he was his stature was was consider, He was considerably taller and longer and, than most of the other bucks that were, you know, we, you know, at least five years old. Mm-hmm. Mm.
2: I know but, something that we didn't ask. Your strategy for hunting this deer involved a lot of CRP, didn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean it. It was very open land. You know, I grew up hunting creek bottoms, and that's what you think about from the Midwest. You know, hunting in in creek bottom type areas, hunting out of a tree. Um, these areas that I hunted basically were areas that when I grew up in Kansas, um, you know, when was 18 years old, we'd never saw deer in these areas. These were areas that we hunted uh, pheasants and quail in basically upland birds. Um, they're, you know, there weren't any deer in those areas. And I I think back about that. I've been thinking, you know, about Kansas in general, you, you, um, my dad, um, tells me about the first deer season. The first deer season in, in, in Kansas wasn't until, you know, I think, I believe the late 1960, somewhere around 1970. Um, and then the thing that, that pushed myself and, and my buddy, in high school to hunt, hunt, start bow hunting. And my dad for that matter was when my dad started deer hunting, the residents could only draw a deer tag once every two years if they, if they were lucky once every two years. So the only way he could hunt every year was to get an archery permit to hunt the off years, basically. So he'd learned how to bow hunt and taught us to bow hunt and, um, you know it still lives there in Kansas and has played an integral role, basically in the in the my heart successful harvests. This buck, he's been heavily involved with that.
2: I just don't, uh, I just don't know what else to say. Goodness gracious, I, uh, I'm just so impressed, and we appreciate you coming over here, telling us the story, and uh, congratulations. That's quite, that's an unbelievable buck. No,
0: deer of a lifetime. A couple of deer of a lifetime today. Yeah, and no doubt about it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Duddy and I will get a deer for a lifetime. Maybe, one day. maybe. Maybe. No knuckles? I'm getting no knuckles.
3: It's going to be some there weird is. story. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, guys, look, uh, I'm going to take this opportunity right now. We had a contest a few, uh, six weeks ago to win a Springfield Model 2020-22 rifle and a Leopold Rimfire scope. And that- let me go ahead right now. We'll hit the horns and we're going to announce the winner. Okay. And the winner needs to get in touch with us.
0: Or otherwise, and, we're going to be shooting his rifle. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and his name is Marty Flaherty. Marty Flaherty, the and winner of the Ultimate Squirrel Hunting Rifle Giveaway. That's right. From Loopold and Springfield, and Springfield Armory. <laughs> Armory. Uh And look, I hope I'm
2: pronouncing <laughs> his uh, last name right, but it's, I, I think it's Marty Flaherty. Marty, I know I got Marty right. So we've emailed him. We have emailed him. We've reached him. out. And Marty, you need to email us back. Emails Go back, check Marty. your email, yeah. eh, Marty. We don't want you to get mad at us, but you know, <laughs> you've got about ten days. From the uh, time ten days. Out,
0: so. Ten days from the email, or ten days from right now? From right now. Oh man, so Marty, Then you what to, happens?
2: You need to get. I don't know. I, 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 <laughs> we've never been. I'd hope it doesn't come to anything like that. But if anybody knows Marty, tell him to get in touch. Yeah, with Yeah,
0: that's right. Congratulations.
2: All right, guys. So this has been has been really fun. Glad you came over here, brought the deer. It's, it's incredible, and uh, it's been a been a fun show. It really has. Yeah. Lanny, I can hear you typing over oh, sorry,
0: there. You, sorry. <laughs>
2: you on Facebook or are you sending pictures out? I'm on, I'm
0: on the talk tick. Uh, yeah. Or whatever it's
2: called. Yeah. Tick and talk. All right. Dudley, you got anything else to add?
3: No. Let's have a good Thanksgiving week. There
0: yeah. you go.
2: Good luck to everybody. Listen, when this comes out it'll be after Thanksgiving.
0: We are going on Doe patrol here, so y'all get ready. We ought to be a little blood on the on the Biologic.
2: There we go. Hopefully, we'll get some biologic growing. At, uh, hopefully, this. I was uh, trying to
0: think. Yeah, I'll be some blood to whether biologic is going to come up.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, my deer are walking out in the in those dirt fields and just you can just see them like they're standing here. going Yeah, where's my food? What y'all, y'all do? To here. I knew
0: y'all wasn't good farmers.
2: <laughs> uh, all right, Eric. Thank you for coming. Appreciate you being here. Come back and see us. Say goodbye, Dudley. Goodbye,
0: Dudley. Get us out of here, Rob. Hey. Rob is doing some producing. Right? It is, man. I kind of want some tacos after here, too. Yeah, yeah pretty good. Yeah, I always want tacos. Like yeah, I do too.
2: So. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Gamekeeper Podcast. And be sure to tune in again. Subscribe to Gamekeeper Farming for Wildlife Magazine. And don't miss the Mossy Oak Properties Fistful of Dirt Podcast with my good buddy, Ronnie Cuz Strickland.